And we begin with a reading from uh, Jonah, Jonah chapter 2. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward the holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me, seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath barred me, me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So there we are. We were listening there to a story in the Bible about a man called... Can anyone tell me what that man's name was? Yes, shout it out. Jonah. Jonah, that's right. And what do we know about Jonah? Go on, give me some... Yes, go on. What do we know about Jonah? He was a... I'm going to say it begins... It was a, a man, that's right. Yes, excellent. Any other? Yes. He might have been a pirate, but he wasn't a pirate. Good, actually, not such a bad uh, thing. Be begins with P as well, begins with, sounds like prof. Yes, prophet, that's right. And a prophet is someone who hears from God. Now, Jonah heard a message from God to go to Nineveh. And so Jonah was, yes, I'm going to do that, wasn't he? Yes. I'm going to do that. No, exactly no. He did not do that. Jonah was meant to go east to Nineveh, but he went west to Tarshish. Now, does anyone remember how Jonah got there? Anyone, anyone else? Give, oh, go on, shout it out. By boat, yes. And what's a really big boat? A ship and it was a ship full of lots of crew now they're out at sea and Jonah's quite happy running away from everything and he's on his little cruise probably enjoying himself thoroughly but then what happens can somebody remember what happens <laughs> yes shout out what to me spot on a Thunderstorm. Everyone make the sound of a thunderstorm. I'm listening. Oh, yes. And the waves were crashing and it was scary. It was terrifying. And then the crew prayed to their gods. They prayed to their gods. But there was no answer to the storm. It was just a thing. But who was, anyone remember what Jonah was doing? 
I'll have to be clear. Yes, shout it out. That's right. Everyone snore. Awesome. There's Jonah fast asleep, completely oblivious to what's going on. So the crew wake Jonah up and they say, come on, Jonah, what is going on? Who is your God? And Jonah, and Jonah says, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and dry land. He made the sea and dry land. That's your God. Oh, my goodness. Right. So, come on, Jonah. You've got to do that. What are we going to do? Praise your God. And Jonah heard from God. Do something. Can anyone remember? Go on, go on. Shout out to me. What did they do? He threw him overboard. Everyone say splash. Splash. And Jonah plummeted to the bottom of the sea. No, he did not. Because what came along was a huge whale. whale fish. Huge, everyone say huge. Huge. Can you imagine? I mean, look at the size of me and imagine me inside a fish. I mean, can you imagine? And Jonah was in that fish for three days. In the most appalling, awful place you can possibly ever imagine. Can you imagine? Smelly, wet, nasty. And what did he do? He prayed. He called out to his God. Three days later, the fish threw him up onto the beach and Jonah went to Nineveh. Nineveh. He listened. He heard again from God what he was to do. And this time he obeyed and went to Nineveh. Now, you may still be sitting there thinking, what has Jonah got to do with Remembrance Sunday? But stick with me just for a moment. Now, the sermon I'm going to share today, I first preached in uh, 2018, which was the 100th anniversary of the end of the First World War. So, what was happening 100 years ago? Well, it was 1921. We'll find it's a very eventful year. It was the first public performance of sawing a lady in half in a magic show. Australia beat England 5-0 in the Ashes for the first time. Unless there's any Australians here. Um, it was the first international women's sports event. The province of Northern Ireland was created within Britain. Chanel No. 5 was launched. Some ladies are going, oh, 100 years, eh? That's a reason to buy some more. There were coal strikes. It was the end of the Irish War of Independence, which had raged for three years. Insulin was discovered. Adolf Hitler became leader of the Nazi party. The first fast food burger restaurant opened in Wichita, so the beginning of McDonald's. The Anglo-Irish Treaty established the Irish Free State, now known as Republic of Ireland. Gucci was founded, if you like your branded clothes and everything else. Five million Russians died of starvation. And around the world there were conflicts and wars and civil strife in Turkey, Soviet Union, Poland, China, and a whole range of other places. So a hundred years ago, 
Northern Ireland was separated from the South. And in 2021, there are calls for reunification. There are also threats of violence and disruption. So what history tells us is that the world is filled with innovation and glorious firsts, creativity, enduring businesses, failures, conflict and wars. And one powerful thing remains at our disposal, and that is prayer. So back to Jonah. What was it like for Jonah inside that big fish? Well, in the prayer, which I read out earlier, he was distressed, it was noisy and smelly. He was engulfed in water. The deep surrounded him. There was seaweed around his head, and it felt like a pit. And what Jonah prayed was that he was separated from God, but he would look to his temple, to his presence. Even in the darkness, he would turn to God's love. And he remembered God and shouts that salvation comes from my Lord, even in the inside of a fish. Now, if we could have the photo up on the slide, please. This is a picture from the trenches in that First World War. It's uncomfortable, it's wet, it's noisy, dangerous, dark, smelly, surrounded by mud and stagnant water. There were bomb blasts, they were surrounded by war, above the enemy and below them, the cold water. Just looking at that picture, maybe you can see the comparison between what Jonah was going through inside the fish and what 100 years ago, or just over 100 years ago, people were going through for us. And the men who went to fight in the First World War were encouraged to pray, and they were given a little St. John's Gospel. It was about that big, and they carried it with them, and it had various prayers in them. They were encouraged to pray for their safety. So here are three stories about prayer and wartime. The first one is somebody called Duncan Campbell, who served in the First World War. Um, there was a failed cavalry charge, and he ended up in no man's land. That's the bit between the two trenches. A soldier came and rescued him and put him on the back of a horse to take him back to safety. And he cried out to God on the back of that horse, saying, make me as holy as it is possible to be. He was not only saved, he became a powerful preacher and brought many people to faith. Many years later, he was getting top billing at big conferences, but he felt empty. And his daughter asked him why he was not as effective as he had been before. And he felt crushed and he was ready to resign from being a minister. He fell face down before God and he cried out again as he had done on that battlefield. And he went on from there to lead a huge growth in faith. It was known as the Lewis Revival and hundreds of people met God through his ministry. But at that time of desperation, there are eight words that his daughter said to him that stuck with him and drove him on. Whatever it costs, go through for God. And that is one of the things that we remember today. Those who have fallen, 
been injured and risked their lives and continue to do so, whatever it costs for us. The next story it comes from the Second World War. Um, on the 10th of May 1940, Hitler launched a blitzkrieg, an all-out assault on Northern Europe. And it resulted in 300,000 Allied troops being trapped on the French port of Dunkirk. It seemed impossible to get anything other than just a few of them home. But it became known as the Dunkirk Miracle. Three amazing things happened. Firstly, Hitler stalled the advance of his troops by three days. Secondly, there was a storm over land, which meant that the, the Luftwaffe, the German Air Force, couldn't uh, fly. But even though there was a storm over Europe, over the sea, it was extraordinarily calm. And those three things combined meant that all 300,000 were rescued. Now, many would attribute that to the faithfulness of the king of the time, King George VI. He called on the nation and the empire around the world to make Sunday the 26th of May a national day of prayer. Queues formed in cathedrals and churches, and the Daily Sketch proclaimed that nothing like it has ever happened before. The result was an amazing escape for a third of a million men. A national day of thanksgiving on the 9th of June had Winston Churchill declare this a miracle of deliverance. So the nation cried out together, and God answered. But the third story comes from three years ago. Because it was 100 years since the end of the First World War, um, there were various uh, resources which were available, various prayer resources. And I remember at my previous church, we had uh, the prayers which were supplied on each of the pillars, and you could go around and pray each of these. They started by recognising the past wrongs and hurts, our common humanity, seeing through the eyes of the enemy and setting a common desire for change and culminating in a recognition of where we're all heading before God's Son, Jesus, our Redeemer and Judge. But I was struck by one line in particular where Jesus is referred to as the Word, one of these prayers. Open your eyes, cries the voice. Open your eyes to see who you could be. Open your eyes to see what the world could be. Look out and see. Look out and see a world rightly ordered by the mercy, the peace and the justice of the eternal word. The word that was in the beginning and that word that in the end will call us home together. So today we remember and we honour those who gave their lives that we might be free and also those who serve today. But we also remember that we will all stand before Jesus who gave his own life that we might be set free. He will judge us all. We will all end up standing before him to answer for what we have done the causes we supported, the fights we had, and the ones we avoided. He will judge our friends and our enemies together. 
Maybe that can bring us to cry out for his light in a dark world. Maybe that can bring the world together in peace, laying down arms, that sacrifice is needed no more. 103 years on from the war to end all wars. Maybe it can if we cry out in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this story of Jonah and the way in which it shows somebody who was scared and didn't really want to do what God asked and yet in his most desperate place cried out in prayer. Give us the resources to not just gently pray to you, not in uh, hopelessness to pray to you, but in hope and with passion for the things that we desire for this world. Not just for this generation, but for the generations to come. Father, you sent your son to die for us. He is the Prince of Peace. Give us the hearts and the words to cry out to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.